Welcome. Thanks for tuning in. So glad you're here. If this is your first time, I want to give a special welcome to you and say thanks for checking us out. And I want to invite you to click on the digital connection card up here in the corner or leave a comment in the chat. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, if you'll scroll down in the description, you'll find a place there to connect with us through our online digital card. And we hope you'll leave us your email and also your name so we can connect with you. And if there's a prayer request you might have or if there is a question that we might be able to answer, we certainly would welcome you to do that. And we also want to say we hope it's not your last time. I'm so glad that you are here. And if this is your spiritual home, we say welcome to you and we are grateful too for your presence and would ask you also to use these same devices, the connection card or also the chat uh, or scroll down into the YouTube to let us just know uh, what, what we need to know. And so, again, we're grateful for the opportunity to be of service and to join in together in this online worship experience here at Linden Road in Mansfield, Ohio. A couple of things I want to share with you. One, kind of exciting, the artists have gone to work uh, over the last, have gotten the base coat on and are slowly working on uh, bringing to life the murals that will be on the Jericho Wall. And we'd invite you to take a look at the uh, website at jerichowall.info. One of the things that we're looking towards is a dedication on August 31st, a uh, community-wide celebration. We've invited all sorts of folks, our, our state senators, as well as uh, local area uh, civic leaders, as well as those that are in the nonprofit arena that meet the needs of those that are in addiction. Even last week, unfortunately, there was a young man who was found overdosed and uh, had passed. And so it just underscores the importance of having this amazing presence in our community and it's beginning to take on a life and we're also looking for stories and again if you go to jerichowall.info you can leave a story there if you have one and if you'd like to make a, a donation to make an investment you can also do that there on that website and then this I want to share too I had a chance to uh, go and sit with our friends Mark and Gabe at uh, Heartfelt Radio and, and enjoyed uh, a new uh, title that I've not had before. I'm, I'm not quite sure what to do with it, but Mark, as he introduced me, he called me their resident thinker. Uh, I actually think it's more ponderer in one sense of just trying to process. But we talked about this new book that's come out recently by a friend, Curtis Chang. Uh, Curtis is a, a former pastor, but now he's a professor at Duke Divinity School as well as has a podcast called the Good Faith Podcast, and this book entitled The Anxiety Opportunity was a great conversation. And so there's a link here in the worship notes that will take you to that YouTube video, and I'd encourage you to watch it. And then I'd love to hear what you have to think. It's an incredible conversation, and I'm glad we did ponder and think about these things, but we're trying to address just where we find ourselves in our culture today and how to respond to it as followers of Jesus. And I love this idea that Curtis lays out that anxiety is not something we should run away from. It's something we need to process and walk through and see how God's going to show up. And I think that could be a huge help to so many people right now in our own community. And then I want us to lean into this week another series of prayer. I want us to focus around the idea of how Jesus's love was uncommon. That Jesus, even in the way he presented himself in his culture, to by some was considered to be rebellious for how he loved those who were deemed at the time unlovable. So this prayer is going to be text-based. So you'll need to text the word UNCOMMON to 833-473-2173. And my hope is, as we walk together and pray, and it's, it's a short thought to ponder as well as a scripture verse to 
meditate on to give us a focus of how Jesus wants us to love others. And the idea is to lead us for five days intentionally into asking God for wisdom, for his guidance, and for, most importantly, the courage to love others. So we are in week 11 of our series called Unhindered, and again, we're using this last word of the book of Acts, where it talked about how the gospel was going to go out with boldness, and it was going to be unhindered, without any hindrance at all, into the world. And as we talked last week, that we are here literally today because of the faithfulness of those that were on that hillside uh, 2,000 years ago that went out and went, went out and made disciples that you are here watching because someone invited you or there's a curiosity that you may have to understanding what it means to live a faith of boldness. I've mentioned my friend Greg Steer, who's president of Dare to Share, an amazing ministry that has been doing great things to empower all of us to better share our faith. He posted this question on his Facebook profile. I wonder how many pastors actively share the gospel in their daily lives. If the answer is not many, that may explain uh, why most churchgoers don't evangelize. I have to say, ouch. Although I do try in, in every day to, to have some kind of a conversation uh, with someone, just to engage them at a level to offer encouragement, uh, maybe even to pose the question, to help see the uncommon love of God and what he's looking to do in the lives of those that want a relationship with him. As we talked about the last couple of weeks in sort of this practical part of the Unhindered series is, in all honesty, sharing your faith with someone can be outright scary. But the beauty of what comes and being willing to risk that is really what it's all about. And so, again, my attempt is going to be to equip you with a model and a, maybe a mindset on how you can have these gospel-centered conversations and even why they are so important. This week, I want to underscore the idea of what is the most important conversation that you can have, because there needs to be this sharing, uh, this sense of urgency for all of us, uh, realizing that there are so many people who are hungry and wanting to know more. Even this week, had a couple more people connect through our glue platform of just asking questions about what to do in certain circumstances in life. And I offered prayer, but I know, too, there's the practical reality that what people really are hungering for, I think, most genuinely is a relationship and being safe to walk alongside with others to ask the hard questions. And so today I want us to see that there's this conversation that we can have in a very intentional way. We live in a world that's full of technology, right, from airplanes to satellite TVs and then to microwaves, and then even to the internet. And we know that technology, it's all around us in so many different ways. Even someone was sharing with me that you can buy a, a $10,000 refrigerator, and it's all connected to the internet, and you can use an app from your phone. To, you can check what needs to be purchased. You can check the temperature. It's kind of crazy. But I know for many of us, this piece of technology, the cell phone, is one that we care so much about. In fact, it's, it's amazing if you go anywhere, in public, you'll find all sorts of people that are all around scrolling through. 
checking out uh, their Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat or Twitter or whatever it may be to see what's going on. And I don't know about you, but there's been those moments when how many times have you turned around to go back home to get your phone because somehow you walked off without it? And to be honest, it actually makes you feel as though you don't have any clothes on, like you're naked, right? It's amazing and funny how much a piece of technology can be a part of our lives. How about this? Have you ever been on your phone talking to somebody and just wondering at the same time, I wonder where I left my phone. I need to get ready to go and then realize that, oh, it's right here, right? It's right here. It's quite crazy. And so for many of us, when the phone isn't nearby or we hear the ring or the tone go off, we have this habit of wanting to go and check to see what we might have missed out on. Now, I'm wondering in your own world, and let's take a moment here in the chat, what are some of the things that you use your cell phone for? Go ahead and put it in the chat. I mean, for me, I use it to keep in contact, text message uh, my wife, and actually am always receiving text messages from family and friends. And this week had a couple folks that needed my uh, presence uh, at the hospital and at the nursing home, and so I was grateful for the technology. Sometimes, though, I'll be honest, my phone is on the charger at home upside down, and it's usually when I get home, it's, it's turned off, and so sometimes I miss messages. It is a way for me to stay connected. How about you? Again, it's a way to learn about uh, what's going on via email or Twitter or other platforms. And so it doesn't really matter. Uh, one of the things we do use our cell phones for is to keep us connected, to keep us uh, together, if you will, through the technology. And so it doesn't matter whether it's through Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever it might be. Our cell phones are meant to help us stay in communication with each other. And, and I remember even when I was in Kenya a number of years ago, I was so surprised. We met a young man named Emmanuel, and he was part of a group of uh, young college-age uh, students that had been part of the Compassion Program, and uh, he had shared with us at lunch that he had been waiting for us for weeks uh, for us as the Westerners to come and visit. And I was surprised by that, by, and I asked him, how did you know we were coming? And he pulled out his cell phone, and he opened up his Facebook app and showed me that he had been part of a Facebook group and that they had communicated to them that we were coming. And it's like, that's beautiful. Uh, and this is in a country that there's lots of poverty, and amongst the beauty, and yet how important it is to connect people. And so when we do leave the phone at home or we misplace it, it really can create some anxiety uh, and maybe even some disconnect because we want to be connected. So let's drill down a little bit. Why is that? And we could spend some time talking about this idea of where we are right now. That, As we've said before, we are living in a season in which uh, we are so connected because of this device. We are so part of each other's lives because of it, and yet because of it, we're also not part of each other's life. That it's too easy to have conversations on the device as opposed to really being present with each other. And so it's how do we live our lives in the context of that? I mean, the truth is we all love being social, and that's because that's how God created us. It's how we are wired in our very being. Uh, And so I'm wondering, uh, how do you stay connected with your friends? I know for a certain generation, the idea of writing letters or sending emails, there's a beautiful thing in that, that you don't have to go through the post office, although it is kind of fun to get an envelope in the mail, right, with somebody has written to you. And then I wonder, if you would, what are some of your favorite phone apps? 
wondering what do you use? And you, again, you could put that in the chat or in the comments here. Be interested to know. I mean, for me, my go-to is uh, Evernote is one that I use all the time because it's available on multiple platforms and I can do it on my desktop at home or I can do it on my laptop here and, or I can do it on my phone. It's also uh, Twitter and I, I'm an avid photographer and so I love the fact that I can use my phone uh, as a camera and can upload it to automatically to my Google Photos and then can share it on Instagram. And, and so I'd be curious what yours are. And then I think also, as we think about how we stay connected, it's interesting that one of the top fears that people have uh, all over the world, it doesn't make any difference where you're at, is this idea of being alone. Uh, that people everywhere, there is this common desire that we have that we all share because we're humans. Uh, and it's because we want to be loved and we also want to be in relationship and we want to be wanted. And I guess for so many people, it's what makes a cell phone so important to many of us, that we want to stay connected with the people that we care about. And I want us to see and ask the question, where does that come from? I would suggest that it's this core desire that we have, this core longing of being social, that it comes from our Heavenly Father, from God himself. Because I believe he placed inside of each of us uh, this connection to who he is. But it's interesting, and I'm not sure that we really think about God as being social, right? In fact, he has been in, in his own relationship, social and loving for all of eternity through what we call the Trinity, through the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. It's interesting, within this uh, idea of the Trinity, we find this core relationship that has always been. It's the basis of all relationships. And so for understanding relationships, we have to understand the Trinity. And at the same time, that can be difficult because as this existed as a doctrine within the church, uh, we've all been trying to make sense of it, right? Maybe perhaps one of the best ways that summarizes up the beauty of this dynamic and this even perfect relationship comes from an ancient creed, the Nicene Creed. Now, this creed is some 1,600 years old. And it is one of the most important statements that's ever been made by the church outside of uh, Scripture. It was written at what was called the Council of Nicaea. And it was written in such a way to help answer some core questions that people had about the Christian faith. Because be reminded that the Scriptures really didn't come around until as a written Scriptures until uh, maybe six or 700 A.D., but this is a way to sort of bring together what it is that we believe specifically about who God is. And so the writers say, We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. And in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and he was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick 
and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. We have God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Father loves the Son, and the Son loves the Holy Spirit, and each love one another. See, God has always known how to be social and how to stay connected. It's part of who he is. And it's through his grace that each of us values being in relationships. That's why they matter. And so, quite frankly, Scripture tells us very clearly that God puts his image inside of us. In fact, in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 26, the writer says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. That's why humanity matters, is because we are created in the image of a holy God, that God has placed his image, that we are his image bearers, actually, might be the best way to say it. And then a little farther in Genesis 2, we know that God created Adam and he placed him in the Garden of Eden. And then Adam began to work on taking care of the garden and naming the animals. It's interesting enough that while Adam was out working, God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. In fact, everything had been okay. Everything had been actually more than okay. It was great. And it was the end of the day. But it was then when Adam was by himself that God realized that it wasn't good. And he says, I will make a helper who is just right for him. That's Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. But even with the perfect presence of God and being fulfilled by God in every way, God knew that Adam would not be fully complete without a partner. So let's talk about this for a moment because it does pose a question. Was God not good enough for Adam? What God did by creating Eve is he demonstrated very clearly the importance of being in community. And so just because God created Adam with a need doesn't mean that God wasn't good enough. But it does point to the fact that being able to live together and love one another was part of God's perfect plan for humanity. See, God wants us to be in community, but there is more to community than just hanging out. God wants us to have meaningful relationships. So I want you to check out this video that I think can help shape where I want to go here in our time together. The title of the video is The Conversation That Matters Most. Talking? Yeah, I, I talk a lot. I, uh, I, I text a lot, too. <laughs> Talking? Yeah, it's one of those things in life that is, I guess, necessary. Listening. Uh, probably not so good at that. I say it like this. There's a lot of meaningless chatter out there, a lot of words being typed, spoken, nothing really being said. I mean, it all feels so pointless. No one's really connecting. You know how it is. I, I get busy and then I'm in a hurry and... There's a difference between talking, texting, and conversation. Conversation? Yeah, conversation. 
have conversations all the time. What do you think I'm doing? Meaningful words spoken intentionally. What's it going to take to have deep, meaningful conversations? I, I gotta go. In the midst of all the mindless chatter, there is a conversation that matters most. We just have to start it. So think about this, and I know that this really isn't limited by age because I know there's people of all ages that have a, a cell phone and they use it diligently for text messaging and communicating. But I'm wondering if you would add up in your own mind you know, how many messages, whether through uh, social media, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or text messaging, email, how many do you send out in a day? Or how about this question, what do you normally talk about with your friends? And even if you want to think about that and put it here in the chat, share these ideas. Uh, and I think for most of us, if I could sum it up, it will be about our, our experiences, right? Because this much we know that our life isn't just a one dimension, that we can talk about the movie that we just watched or the latest experience that we had, and that's not wrong. The truth is there's so many wonderful aspects of life that God has blessed us with in this world so it makes perfect sense that we're going to talk about them. But there is a conversation that really matters that we often sometimes struggle to have, and that's conversations about Jesus and about his gospel message. And we've talked about that the last couple of weeks. Of how do we become more comfortable with that? The truth is it's real healthy and normal and even easy to talk about things like sports and our hobbies and maybe even fashion or what's going on in the news or what's happening with our family. and and maybe other things with friends. And yet at the same time, we need to be reminded that it is important to talk about Jesus and his gospel message. But there is a world outside of the doors and outside of this online experience of people that are hungering to know who Jesus is and hope for how they can face each day. And yet we know, as we've said, that it's just more than difficult sometimes to talk about Jesus and the gospel. I am challenged by my friend Greg Steer about being more intentional about sharing the gospel. And so even here online is to talk about this idea of why salvation is important. The truth is that each of us know someone who does not believe in Jesus. And we don't always take the time to recognize that there's this thing staring at us right in the face. The reality is, is our world has been broken by sin that God created everything in this world, but that this world is not functioning properly, that sin has corrupted every level of our lives, while all sorts of things in our culture try to protect us and to promote order, we can't escape the fact that our relationship with God is broken by sin, and that we need to be reminded that Jesus came to mend the broken relationship that we have with God, that Christ's death on the cross, that he paid once and for all the penalty of sin, and it's our faith in him 
alone that restores our life and allows us to, to live as children of God. So as the video helped us understand that the conversation that really matters is one that helps to communicate the gospel because it's the only message that changes the entire course of eternity for a person. Because you see, eternity is in the balance for many of our friends. And if our friends reject Christ, then they will spend their eternity away from him, not just after they die in hell, but on this earth. Now, it's also need to understand that God is the source of everything that is good and right with the world. James tells us that in chapter 1, verse 7. And so when a friend lives without God, they are missing out on his goodness. They don't get to spend time with the person who brings purpose and meaning to life. And I guess we could ponder for a moment here, you know, some of the reasons we should share the gospel. Uh, and be interested in your thoughts. You could leave them in the comment here or in the chat. Uh, the idea of what it does for eternity and what it does for the kingdom. And then also what happens when a person rejects who Jesus is and what it does for their life. I want us to ponder here for a moment because I think all of us know someone who has died unexpectedly. It's interesting, the writer of James again says to us in chapter 4, verse 14, You do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and, and then vanishes. We know this much, that life is incredibly short. And anyone who's not a child, anyone who's a parent or a grandparent, will tell you that it felt like yesterday that they were young and that they were a young person's age. And so it may seem like death is far away from some of us, but we never know when our time will be up. And that certainty, or maybe the uncertainty of death, because we all face it, but the unknowing of when we'll face it can scare us. However, we don't need to worry about it. We don't need to worry about death if we have placed our faith in Jesus Christ, because we are eternally his. And so I want you to think about that in your own story. Have you ever placed your faith in Christ? And if you haven't done that, I want you to just take a moment here to accept his free gift. And I want to share this gospel message with you. And if you have accepted Jesus Christ, then listen closely to this easy way to remember how to share the gospel with your friends and with your loved ones through this gospel acrostic. We looked at it last week. Remember we said, that the word gospel, that the message goes like this, is that God created us to be with him. Our sins separate us from God. Sins cannot be removed by good deeds. Paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. Everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. Life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. And so when we think about these words, and even in this moment, in an attitude of prayer, let's just close our eyes. Let me just uh, share some things with you. Because if you've never placed your faith in Christ and you want this gift of salvation, then I just invite you right now to put your faith in him. And it's really simple. Uh, he is here. He is with us. He is listening. And while it isn't the prayer that saves you, it is what happens in your soul when you place your faith in Christ that does that. And you could pray a prayer similar to this. Dear God, I know that my sins have broken my relationship with you and that nothing I do could ever change that. But right now, I believe that Jesus died in my place and rose again from the dead. I trust in him to forgive me for my sins. 
Through faith in him, I am entering an eternal relationship with you. Thank you for this free gift. Amen. Now, still in an attitude of prayer, I just want you to think about this. And I want to pray also for those that may have responded to this, to say, Lord, I thank you for your son, Jesus, and I thank you for what his death brings to us, that life through faith alone. I want to thank you that it's not by anything that we've done. There's no work that we've accomplished that makes us right with you. And I want to thank you for those who have placed their faith in you and have recognized that you are the Savior of the world. Would you bless them, Father? Would you help them grow as your disciple and to tell others of your great love? We pray it through the strong name of Jesus. Amen. So let's drill down in an application of all this. And Paul says to us in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. See, the truth is, the gospel saves everyone who believes. And each of us must live with the gospel urgency and have conversations that really matter. So here's a few ways that you could have a conversation that really matter. Uh, you could say to your friends, and this list is by no means exhaustive, do you believe in a higher power? Or even, who was Jesus? Or asking the question, have you ever thought about what happens when you die? Or who, who do you think was the most influential person that ever lived? Do you think there is such a thing as sin in the world? Have you ever thought about becoming a Christian? Or even simply, what is the meaning of life? So these are all ways to begin conversations. And one of the things I want to share with you is a great tool that comes from our friends at Dare to Share, and it's called the Life in Six Words. It's an app. You can download it. You can get it on your iPad, or you can get it on an Android tablet. And so it has a great way of starting. And so there's a link here in the worship notes. And download it and take a look at it. And you'll see that one of the things it offers is a way for you to engage uh, people by simply having them select six words that describe what life is all about. And you can use then this app as a conversation starter for talking to your friends about the gospel. And then after they, uh, they select their six words, they can go through the gospel message and it's very simple. So I want to encourage us in the week ahead how we might use this app or just simply a conversation to invite people into a, a deeper dialogue on who Jesus is if they don't know him. And I'm going to challenge myself as well as you to reach out to someone this week and see what conversation you can start. You could call them, you could text them, something on Instagram. Uh, you can even use this Life in Six Words app. But the whole point of it is is to have the conversation that matters most with at least one person this week. And so let's uh, pray now again for just how God might use this. Father, we are grateful for the fact that even technology can be used to leverage the kingdom. And so I pray for myself and pray for each of us that we would be encouraged to share the hope of the gospel 
And I just thank you for the promises that are sure and the promises that are true by placing our faith in you. I pray now that we can leverage our relationships to connect people to you. Use us in that way. Holy Spirit, empower us. And we pray it in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.